feeling? We good? Mm. You let me know. I just gotta sign in. Dot the eyes. No, wait. Yeah, dot the eyes. Cross the T's. Got it. Eyes are crossed. T's are lowercase T's are also crosses. Like the Christian cross. Oh, I should, we should put a religious cult as a genre one time. Oh, next time. Next time on. Hello, and welcome to Blue Sky Podcast, episode six. I am Adil. And I am Jono. And we are your hosts. Uh, over here in Blue Sky Podcast land, uh, we are going to write a script today. We're going to write a short film script that is uh, birthed from these prompts in this bowl. Uh, we have a bowl here. If you're not watching the video, we have a bowl here with different prompts. I wrote five. John wrote five. The prompts can be anything, but mostly, usually, they're genres, like film genres. Like, uh, last week was what? Last week. Serial killer. Serial killer thriller. Serial killer, and then in brackets, thriller. Uh, That was last week's, and then this week, uh, I I put some fun ones. I'm kind of excited for my picks. How do you feel about the ones you put in here? Yeah, I mean, I always feel like they're good ideas when I'm writing them, and then when I draw them out, I feel instant remorse. So who knows how I feel about these ones here today. Uh, Yeah, so we take that prompt. It could be any genre, and then we write like a five to six to seven to eight to page script. Every week, it it changes a little bit. We thought it was going to be five pages every time, but I think we're averaging at six. Yeah, it turns out we need a little more time to tell succinct yet fun stories. Yeah. yeah, What you're going to hear is going to be raw. It's going to be off the dome. You're going to hear us kind of do a little blue sky pitch of ideas that may or may not work. And then you're going to hear a little recording of that script at the end of the episode. Exactly. Yeah. We, we literally write a first draft. So it's like whatever comes out of us, we write onto, onto the page. Sounds a little disgusting, but you know what I mean? And then we record the radio drama. We literally play out the parts that we wrote. Uh, we play out the script. Um, and we do that all in one episode. It's a lot of work, folks. It's a lot of work. It is, but it's fun work. Yeah. And it's a beautiful day here in Toronto. California. For us to be screaming in the dark. It's great. Um, Want to get to the prompts? Let's get to the prompts. The prompt. Okay. Now we have come to the moment where I reach into the forsaken bowl and I draw a piece of paper at random. And hope for the friggin' best. I kind of wanted to be one of mine because I like my choices today. I hope it's one of yours. <laughs> All the yours makes us work, and I love it. Okay, I got something. What color is the ink? Can you tell? Because I know right away then. I think it's your. I think it's yours. Oh no, I'm nervous. Oh, interesting. Rom com. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Keep feel, it simple. Yeah, we've been uh, we we've do. been diving into the comedy quite a bit, and I feel like it's more of our wheelhouse than say. Uh, Hard-hitting drama. Yeah. Maybe I should have kept that. Because I did have... A, everything else was not a com. But, eh. Yeah. I, I'm cool with rom-com. How do you feel about that? I'm trying to decide. Because didn't we... We did the musical that was a rom-com. Right. Kind of. Yeah. And then we had Slapstick that wasn't a rom-com. We had Action that wasn't a rom-com. We had Serial Killer and Boy Family Story. Right. Okay, well, so we haven't why really done a rom-com rom-com, like a love story that ends happy. Because even our musical thing was fucking dark at the end. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Someone was being stalked and, and maybe going to be dead Murdered. in the future. Okay, well, Carly's why don't we... Carly's going to die. Why don't we do something different with it? Like maybe it's self-contained or it's like a, a bottle episode, so to speak. Like mm, it's, it's mm. like a one location picnic or something. You know what I mean? That we can try and get the rom-com arc through. You know what it sounds like you're doing right now? 
You're doing the blue sky. Okay. So we should probably go to the blue sky section. Let's go to the prompt. <laughs> Let's fuck. Uh, this is the blue sky part. I feel like in an effort to make it different and maybe not fall into, I don't know, the same thing, even though we're just beginning this, I'm probably overthinking it, but maybe we do something interesting where it's just one location or one instance or just like one piece of a big story that kind of follows the arc of a rom-com. Okay. Uh, how about this? Let's define rom-com real quick, right? So rom-com is a romantic comedy. What? What? <laughs> I thought it was like a Roman empire sort of thing. Um, and it's about them communicating. The... <laughs> Roman communications. Roman communications. That was Roman communications. Damn it. That's uh, why I was reluctant at the beginning. I just misunderstood the problem. You're like, oh, fuck. Oh, rom-coms. Oh, yeah, we'll do that now. Yeah, romantic comedies for sure. Um, okay, so rom-coms, that's where they come from. Romantic comedy. That, way, that wayward genre of sweet serendipity and forgivably thin plots. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're in fucking luck today. Yeah, forgivably be... <laughs> thin. That's what my nickname was in high school. What? Forgivably thin. For... <laughs> Um, okay, uh, how about this? Let's start off your, some of your favorite rom-coms. Um, well, okay, I think my favorite rom-com is a parody of rom-coms, and it's called They Came Together. Oh, so good. By David Wayne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, starring Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler. And it's basically just every single rom-com trope with the gas pressed down as hard as humanly possible. It's super goofy, but it's told straight face. It's very slapstick. It's super winky to the camera. Yeah. Everything is like, well, I mean, like wink in the sense of like everything's so like, oh, this is what happens in rom coms. But like, it's a scary movie of rom coms. Yeah, and what? And it's hard to say because like I think back to like you know the fucking the classics like the John Hughes movies, um, like High Fidelity and Say it. Anything and shit like that. But to me, those movies. Like, I guess I like them in the past, but I don't find they hold up very well because it's always like the dude just being really audacious and like basically exhibiting stalker behavior to, you know, win the heart of a woman who's just this sort of two dimensional character, you know? Yeah. Um, so I find that they, they don't really age well and like fucking uh, what's that movie? God, thinking on the it's like a Christmas movie. Love actually. Love actually. So frank. I was gonna mention that as one of my favorites. Yeah. You don't like it. <laughs> well, I do like it. I I remember, I remember liking it, but I I feel like I've had a conversation recently where um just everything is kind of called out as bullshit. Like it's just such a weird weak what thing. Do you mean? And, like well, it's the same thing. It's like playing on these weird gender roles and like assumptions that like if men are persistent enough, they can win the heart. Love of actually women. doesn't do that. Doesn't it? I don't want to say like didn't do that. <laughs> But I don't, I don't think, like, any of the movies, like, went in like that. It's just the lens through which those movies yeah, yeah, were yeah. produced at the time they were produced, you know? No, no, for sure. Like, and that, so I was going to say, like, my favorite things, uh, or favorite rom-coms, sorry, are the ones that are a bit more creative in the way they tell stories. So the reason I liked Love Actually was, it was, like, the first of the whole, like, uh, you know, like, Valentine's Day, Happy, like, New Year. There was all these movies that came out afterwards that were, like, here's 10 big-name, like, A-list actors in 10 different stories that connect, right? Uh, to me, Love Actually is the one that's did the, that did that format the best mm. and it was like liam neeson is in one story and like um alan rickman is in one story and like 
Mr. Bean has a cameo and like what's her name? She's so good. Uh, Emma Thompson. As Mr. Bean, Rowan Atkinson Rowan has Atkinson. one. Okay, yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah, Rowan Atkinson. He came in, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> I just I, he's always Mr. Bean to me. Rowan yeah. Atkinson, the great. Um, what's her name? Emma Thompson. I want to say the British actor. She played Professor Trelawney in Harry Potter. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Emma Thompson. She's so great in that. And there's like, yeah, just a huge cast. But they're all like connect. The stories connect in that. So Love Actually to me is one of my favorites. But also two more that again, because of formatting and the creativity of it. And like you said, I totally, totally agree. Like they're not two dimensional to me are 500 Days of Summer. Yeah. Which I think is a complicated rom-com because it's not even. That's starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zoe Deschanel, which we talked about during the musical episode. Oh, we did a little bit. Yeah. 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 Uh, But that movie to me is like, it's such an interesting way to tell a love story, like the ending, the, the way they jump through the timeline and then how it ends bittersweet where she tells him like, she doesn't want to get, she doesn't want to be with him, but then time passes and she grows as a woman and a person as a human. And is like, this is what I want. And then he goes through heartbreak and it's like, just so interesting. Like it's very different. It's um, a little less of the like, everybody wins and yeah. like all the guys yeah. weirdly yeah. creepy behavior. Has That's paid the thing off, in the love you know? story. He's like obsessed with her in a way like he's so far uh, love struck, but it's cute. And it's not like he's stalking her. It's like, he just works with her. He's really into her. And then it's her making the first move even to kind of be like, you know, taking control of things. Cause yeah you're right they, they don't they didn't usually show that much it was like the guy had to do the initiation of everything and right it, now it became more like okay what does real love these days feel like or look like you know right and it's not it's not linear right it's like if i recall oh, correctly I it's all over it. the yeah. place yeah it's like if really nolan cool. made a rom-com oh, who? Nolan. who uh the guy who made inception I oh know i didn't know you like christopher nolan that's weird cool <laughs> uh, i mean that makes me like you even more <laughs> um you know what i can, uh, I can feel katie rolling her eyes <laughs> um uh yeah yeah I, I think I have to amend a statement about um, Love Actually. I believe I may have confused my Hugh Grant movies, and I was thinking about Bridget Jones's Diary because oh. I had a conversation about that. How there's a lot of like quip. never seen that one. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time, but uh, I was talking to my partner about it, and apparently, like, there's a lot of quips about uh, Renee Zellweger's weight in it. Like she's oh, wow. she's like like a bigger girl. It, apparently in that movie which i think is completely insane because a we shouldn't be talking about shit like that but also she's fucking just an average human yeah, being yeah, yeah. you know like why why are there jokes about that with these fucking weird ugly men with giant heads you know it's funny though in love actually statement there but yeah. <laughs> making fun of men instead of women but hey yeah, overcorrection <laughs> uh have you uh as funny as in love actually that also happens like uh, the girl Hugh Grant falls in love with is like she works at the office, the white office version of the UK prime minister. I don't know what that's called. The, <laughs> the office. It, uh, the White House. The White House. <laughs> it's the same thing, but just with an accent. Um, the one he falls in love with, she's like a employee there, like a staff member. And they make weight jokes about her too in it. That's fucking What is that? That's so interesting. Hugh Grant's insane. like in his contract is like, I fall in love with someone. But we gotta call her chubby. It's like, <laughs> what do you want to walk away with this movie? Everyone should walk away with this movie with an eating disorder. So, ooh, you know what's another great one? Ten things I hate about you. Ten things I hate about you. Yeah, if I recall correctly. Creative wow. again. Very I feel different. like I just blew so many movies out the hatch because, like, I remember that movie and really enjoying it and completely not forgetting it. Would you consider like the Judd Apatow like Knocked Up? They're romantic hmm. comedies. Yeah, I'd say so. Knocked Up. This is forty. That this kind is forty. Of shit. So good. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Yeah, they are. Even like Trainwreck with Amy Schumer and Bill Hader. Oh, yeah. I, I like that movie that a lot. Yeah. 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 I think I, that's like the most I've liked her. Oh. She's really good, man. Uh, Eliza Schlesinger? 
Eliza You're making up names now. <laughs> That's, yeah. Uh, no, uh, the movie was called Good on Paper. Uh, and it's apparently a real story that she... Am I... Is that right? Am yeah. I, uh, she met a dude out in the world in LA when she was kind of up and coming as a stand-up. And this dude, like, said he worked for a hedge fund. He was, like, super rich. And, like, they kind of hit it off and, and did shit. But it turned out that he was just a fraud. Like, people would see him out at bars like just completely fucked up and trying to get drinks from people and being like i'm i'm dating this amazing stand-up eliza schlesinger and like just doing this weird sort of clout grab wow, thing. What the f- and then she made it into a romantic comedy and it's fucking it was really good like it was a really enjoyable watch that dude from party down yeah i'm trying to find his name because i just saw him look at the poster oh ryan hansen he's ryan so hansen. he's really funny i find he's him funny awesome and just Quick shout out to the new season of Party Down. It's really good. Is it? Oh yeah, that that ugh, those that cast is just. I couldn't just give them to me. get through season one, and I just feel like I, it's like Office. The Office, you know, when you start the Office, and it just feels a bit off in the first season. You're like, like I love the Office, but when I first watched it, the first season took me a little getting used to because the tone is different. And, That's fair. That's and fair. it's like just toned down because the budget's lower too. So you're like feeling the toned down versions of everything. Yeah. So season one took me a while. So I'm, I, I got to give it a proper shot because everyone I know says it's like really funny. It's it's pretty cool. As Paul Rudd is a co-creator, I swear. Yeah, he is. Um, so interesting. So and, um, I think that's enough movie talk because <laughs> we probably should have writing now a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so what not to do? Let's not make anyone feel shitty about their body. <laughs> Let's not make, uh, like, how do you, how do, because like rom-coms are built on cliches, right? Yeah. So like you need the meet cute, you need the like sort of stuttering uh, rise of their relationship. Uh, you need them to kind of connect and then have a fight and then will they, won't they at the end. And sometimes that's tied up in a nice little bow, like they will or they won't, or it's murky. You know what I mean? So I think those are kind of the overall beats of a normal of a normal rom com. Rom com, yeah. A very top line, thirty thousand view uh, of the beats. But what can we do in six to seven to eight pages <laughs> that encapsulates this in an interesting way? Well, you need your main character. It could be like, you know, uh, I don't know, the, like Legally Blonde, like, you know, her character, you, you know right off the bat who she is or in any other movie, like, you know, you don't like what the main character who's going to fall in love is. You right. Know? So is it, are we, we could either do it in a way where we're following two characters. So it's like one person wakes up and she's getting ready for work and then cut to this other guy wakes up and he's getting ready for work. And then they both, you know, go about their lives and then around the second page mark, they kind of run into each other. Mm-hmm. So you kind of build both up separately then they meet each other, meet cute, then they go apart. And and again, like, uh, you know what I'm thinking now as you say that or as I as we go over, like, the s- steps of it? Um, we can even go the route of, like, a Pixar short, you know? Like, it's very, like, through five minutes, you're kind of getting this very intense love story. Like, have you ever seen this uh, Paper Planes, I think it's called? It's a Pixar short. These two people meet and then oh, they, I have, I have they work across. Like, it's two like a 2D animated kind of thing, yeah. No, That's no, 3D? no, it's 3D. Okay. I believe it's 3D. Yeah, and then, then it's like I they don't. just work near each other and then he throws paper planes to get her attention and it's like a whole thing and it just it's like a five minute short or like less even and you're like so drawn in. You're like, mm. I, I'm, I'm with them. So it's like to make a rom-com work that's a short film, I think we have to get in there like into the intensity of how cute their meet cute is. Okay. 
For sure. I just feel like uh, the amount of time we have to tell the story, like it's just going to kind of feel like we're just blasting through these beats. So like what if it is just the meet cute, but you kind of hit the like, you know, the the chance encounter, the stuttering build of their relationship, them falling in love, and then maybe something happens. Uh, but okay, just bad idea, blue sky, bad idea, uh, throw it at the wall. Meet cute, but meat is spelled M-E-A-T, and someone goes into a butcher shop to get meat, and then something happens, and these people fall in love. Like, could could there be in the middle of a robbery or something like that, and that's how they bond, or... Uh, yeah, so, no, that's great, because I, I was, what I was going to suggest, and we could make the butcher shop the place, but I was going to say, literally, like, my pitch was going to be, what if the, the whole love story is on a bus? So someone gets on, like, it's a transit love story, where, you know, like, the subway, where it sits, and then they love make eye motion. contact, and yeah. then day two, like, we can even do, like, the same location over and over again, so the meat shop, for example, or the subway, where it's like, they get in, they make eye contact, cool, cut, next day, they get there, they're sitting closer now. And he notices she has a book that, you know, he looks at her, they smile. Next day, he has the same book. So he kind of signals to her that he, like, is paying attention to her. And then next day, she does something to show that she's paying attention to him. And it's like one of the days she shows up and he's, like, running late. And you see her all anxious. And as the doors are closing, and this is a subway version. We can still do it at the butcher shop. As the doors are closing, he runs in. And you have this moment of like, she's like, oh, he made it. And then it drives away and you see them in the window or something. Yeah. You know? And it's just really cute because it's like they actually had anticipation for each other, even though they've never talked yet. I like that. You know? I, I like that that line of thinking. Can I mention one more movie real yeah, quick? Yeah. It's a French film, like Paris French, uh, called Gregoire Moulin versus Mankind. I think the French title is like Gregoire Moulin contre l'humanité or something like that. And it's about this like sort of loser introvert guy who moves to Paris for a new job and across the way from him he sees this woman teaching ballet in like an upper thing and she's just gorgeous and like he has all these fantasies about like dancing with her on the moon and stuff it's so fucking beautiful and funny it's it's quite slapstick as well but anyway he's it's that day one day two day three he's at this coffee shop and he sees her reading a book yeah 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 and every day he's trying to get the courage and like something will happen or interrupt it and then one day he sees her get up and go to the bathroom and he steals her wallet and then he was a thief the whole time he, yeah. well he, he <laughs> wasn't like he was stealing her wallet so then later he yeah, could be yeah. like hey i found your wallet yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he calls her and she's like oh my god i'm just teaching right now but when i'm done to work i'll meet you at this bar and you yeah, can bring yeah, it to yeah. me so the whole movie happens and the entire plot of the movie is basically thwarting his attempt to get there. So it's this big, like, what can go wrong, will oh, go okay. wrong adventure. Uh, you, so you made me think of that. And I think that's a really, it was just a really sweet movie. What's it called? It. Gregoire Moulin versus Mankind. It's M-O-U-L-I-N. Versus humanity. Yeah, sorry, humanity. Um, so I, I like this idea of... It could even be called, like... Repetition. The days, right? Like, seven days till... Emily or or like whatever or like the 29 bus or like okay the, yeah, the yeah even that that's line even one or something yeah, yeah, yeah. you know for the subway but yeah how um, do we want to go meet cute with the butcher shop or the subway because they both work meet cute could be we could totally make it interesting you know, and because because what we haven't done yet maybe we have but like we haven't done like uh, a lot of like banter a lot of like back and forth quick dialogue so like if we do a sort of rom-com that it doesn't have to be a butcher shop. Doesn't have to be a stupid meat pun for the name, but um, maybe they meet at a shop and there is a robbery and there's like a sort of thing happening, you know, or there's like an obstacle that they have to overcome yeah, yeah, together. Yeah. 
I, I was and then there's there's room for dialogue there's room for like chat so it's not just like two lines and then we're four four weeks ahead and there's two lines or we do the whole thing like a silent movie that's what i mean i know i just i don't know i'm personally leading towards that i'm open again to the silent Sky. movie yeah where it's like because again going back to see the subway pitch or the, even the meat shop pitch or whatever it's more like this cuteness of or this like sweetness of like they don't really even talk much till like say day 10 and and we're doing like it's a montage short I just find that very uh, uh, appropriate short film because those are the best where you can kind of really get in and just show emotions. And, yeah. Because dialogue is great, but I think we do that. I was thinking the opposite. I feel like we do a little back and forth, back and forth monologue thing because we did that with like slapstick or action comics, just this guy describing the whole film, a lot of narration, for example. Yeah, yeah, I w which I wouldn't want to get into. Like I would want to get into the, the like just the like how you meet and how you start a conversation. And like uh, I don't like the word quirky because it's used a lot, but quirky dialogue you know like a quirky fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. thing that that gets them in there um because i'm picturing it like pixar like have you seen up yeah you know their love story of like the, right 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 the, and she until she dies mm -hmm. like i'm picturing that kind of vibe where it's music and it's like then they come and then day six she comes into the subway and then he sees her or the meat shop and then eye contact and like there's a progression through them just doing gestures you know like for each other like to show that i'm seeing you and i'm falling for you and then you know, kind of like the humanity film because mm -hmm. it's like that sounds like it's they don't ever talk till like midpoint or something or yeah pretty much like they talk on the phone for a bit at the beginning and then the mission is to get to her yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. The, it just keeps getting thwarted because um, to me like the short would be the intro of that film like you said where he sees her every day or whatever because it's a short right so we doing the, i'm worried about doing the whole cycle of it where it's what if we just do like this cute build up to finally like the, the, first, the opening montage basically yeah it's yeah. like the build up of them like the even the and again this just pitches but in the end of it it's like they talk and that's your ending of the rom-com where they kind of have a, a moment with each other and then you're like a sweet end could it be like a rug pull at the end like hey <laughs> <laughs> they're both like, they, they just both have the most horrific gravel voices uh which uh anyway uh could it be that like they talk and they're not compatible? Like they do spend the whole time kind of like circling the drain on each other and, and trying to kind of yeah, yeah, get yeah. it going and then they don't hit it off. Or she has a man or he has a girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Like or yeah. Just thing. some, some way to like not. I'm open there. to that, but I do. Uh, and again, devil's advocate of it is like, we do that a lot in our shorts, which again, it could be our, it could be a thing like the ending is always like, oh, I thought one thing, the other, but. Wah, wah, you thought yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah, we love that. Welcome back to the Rug Pull Podcast. <laughs> our production company is called Wah Wah Productions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and again, just cause you know, and I always advocate for those two. I love those, like let's go dark, let's go weird or whatever, but. Yeah, let's make something cute. Okay, let's make yeah. something nice. Like robots, the sketch we are working on at an improv class. Yeah. Like that, where it ends with like a little sweetness and a sweet, not. And wink, for, wink. for the listeners at home, Robots is a, a classic Second City sketch uh, starring two people whose names for, I forget, but uh, it's very fun. It's two robots on a, well, one on of a production from, line. Yeah. The, one of them from Superstore, uh, who's amazing. Uh, it's two robots on a production line who uh, sort of gain sentience during the course of the day and fall in love and ultimately get their memories wiped at the end. Um, of each day. They fall in love each day, day yeah. and their memories get wiped each day. So it's like this sadness of... It's like, even though they don't know each other and their memories are wiped, they can't help but fall in love with each other every day, which yeah. there's something so beautiful about that. And then it's like 50 first dates, but they're both 50 first dates. Like yeah. they're both Drew Barrymore. <laughs> yeah. And it could, like, this could also be like, the, I like the sweetness idea 
and like when you said up, I thought of that opening sequence where like it's them meeting and then aging together and having this lovely life and you slowly see her deteriorating and then he does uh, in as well alongside of her because he's losing the love of his life. But maybe you could go through like a lifespan and they finally talk when they're 60 or something, you know, they could, they could be with other people in their lives and stuff. And like their paths just are constantly almost coming together. And then they land at the end. I, I think something like that could work. That's really nice. Yeah, no, I do like that a lot. Uh, Cause you could even do, I don't know, wherever, like a butcher shop or a subway where wherever you start, you know, um, they see each other and maybe we do three days on the subway where they or the meat shop and they keep seeing each other. And then one of the days he comes on board and she's sitting with another guy and then it's a little sad and then like months go by and then she comes to a restaurant by herself to pick up food and then he's sitting there with someone and they make eye contact. And it's like, it's that thing where it's like that one person uh, you keep making eye contact with throughout your life mm -hmm. and kind of are weirdly in the same places. Like I feel like when you live in a condo, that happens a lot for me, for example, I keep seeing the same person every week or something. So it's like that, but with life, you know, where it's like you keep running into them and you're on a plane. She's on a plane, one of the, in like year seven. And mm. it's like the whole story is about 30 years of this or whatever. That'd be kind of interesting. I've never, I wasn't going to go that deep. I, I thought we could just do like a week story. Like in one week they fall in love, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. Or like a week, you know, if the whole thing takes place over a week, but that week is broken up over 30 years, you know, it's just like, uh, one Monday, every dashing into the future. That's... And it's like, it's, it's like a seven day affair, but, uh, that's kind of like Harry meets Sally, right? But like not not exactly. But isn't that what that film is? Where it's like Harry and Sally keep running into each other like every few years, like and they're like they're friends. And isn't that it? I also I haven't seen that. Have done too much for, to my brain yeah. since since I've seen and forever that movie, ever. So. But let me. Yeah, so it's like a course of like eleven years. And for anyone the, out of the loop, this is the classic Billy Crystal Meg Ryan movie. When Harry met Sally. Um, sounds like we're about to read it. Um, and now <laughs> a special presentation. It Billy Crystal movie. So they meet in 1977 and they're in college. Then they meet in 1982 and on a flight. Then they meet in 1987 at a bookstore. The, and again, it's not like ours where it's like quick glimpses. They actually like have like good 20, like plot, like, um, yeah. 20, 30 minutes of that era, that year. And then the finals at a new year's party, 1988, they meet. Again, and that's when they, I think they like finally propose each other's love. Over, and they and they say like, when Harry met Sally, ha Harry and Sally met three months later, exactly twelve years and three months after their first meeting. Like wow. that's that whole love story. It's interesting how, like, memory works and how like just riffing ideas works because like, everything's been fucking done, you know. Yeah. And and I know I'm not I'm not saying this to discourage us. It's just amazing that like. I must have remembered what that was subconsciously. Otherwise I wouldn't say it or, uh, I'm well, way, no, what's funny is you, in my time, you, you landed there with other films that have done with Harry and Sally did in a week. So I, I mentioned paper planes by Pixar. Right. And I was like, Oh, they true, fall in true. love and they see each other every day or whatever. And then we talked about up and they grew in there. That's even funnier. Cause it's like all these different plots are really the same plot where up where you see them, they meet, then they fall in love. And over years you see this love story and then she dies, mm. which has been done over and over, but they did it so different and so special. Right. Mm. Um, so like we said the, in the last or a couple of episodes, that David Lynch thing where it's like, everything's been, you do your impressions. Uh, uh, well, it, when it comes to ideas, everything has been done, but it's not been done by you. Maybe it was done by a short man with a 
cocked eye and a weird growth on his neck, but not by you. Unless you're that short man. <laughs> to go catch the big fish. Uh, good. It's just how how to make what we're doing a little more heightened so it's like a little more funny. Like I want to make something sweet. I think ultimately like, oh, it's like it'd be a lovely feeling to walk out of the uh, the script with like a, oh, that was nice. But like the silent thing or just the repetition thing, like we'd really have to figure out what the details are well, to kind of build character yeah. through action and behavior. Yeah. I, I did have this vision weirdly um, while you were talking that like, if it is this span uh, of a, of over a couple years or a lifetime or whatever, and then when they meet, it's like maybe there's like a comet coming to Earth or something, or I'd had a nuclear explosion kind of in my head. But like, so they're all they're witnessing this catastrophic event that's ultimately going to destroy the world and everything. But they find themselves both sing- single in that moment, and as the bomb fucking blast is coming towards them, they just like hold each other's hand and it's over, you know, like something like really fucking, I guess we're going dark and everything. No, dude, no, I love that. No, that's so sweet too, though. That is dark. But like, I love that because what I would never expect that where the film starts with like, I mean, this is what I'm guessing you're saying. It still starts with that whole idea of they meet, like they see, they run run into each other every couple years or every couple months or whatever. And it's like a span of like, either we could do like 10 years or 50 years, you know, and they literally grew old with different partners and they went through, through divorces and all these things. And then finally on the day where the comet, and, and again, we maybe only give information or dialogue through like other people talking. Yeah. So it's like a waiter talking or like the news talking and all this. And even the news is the one that signals like a comet coming is coming next week. A Monday Hold on to your to loved Earth. ones. Cause yeah. you will all be annihilated next week. Yeah. And for everyone single meet up at the park and to watch the comet together. Yeah. And then they end up at the same park together. And there are plenty of orgies happening across Toronto <laughs> this year. And that's the thing where they kind of meet at this place where everyone's coming to just watch this media comet. And they hit. notice each other for the last and time. And then they walk and then they talk to each other being like, like, Oh, maybe or, they don't even talk. I don't even yeah. think they talk. Yeah, like they just yeah. see each other and they come up and then it's just like that close up of them holding their hands. And then the fucking bomb, or the comet hits. Oh, or, dude, that's, that's great. Pretty, pretty, right? That's really beautiful. Nice. Especially because, so what's, I think what is oh, it? Oh, shit, dude. That's the plot to When Harry <laughs> Met Doomsday. <laughs> Fuck. Damn it. You Everything's been done. Yeah, imagine. You know what the film title should be? When Harry Met Sally and they met the Doomsday. <laughs> and they met the comet. Um, uh, I like that, but you know what's really important for uh, that to be told is I think that opening page of them first time seeing each other again subway or meat shop or wherever the fuck the, the right there you can tell right away that they've fallen in love love at first sight kind of thing and then as the story progresses because then from then on it's like they're running into each other while they're with someone else mm-hmm. like we were showing that that first page of the or the first moment they see each other was that window they had to get together because they both fell in love or they both kind of felt for each other and then since they never acted on it their lives went separately. They met different people. They got married, kept running into each other. And every time they'd run into each other, there's eye contact and a smile and a wave and whatever. And you can just feel the tenderness. Um, and maybe we, that's where the details, like you said, come in to make it a bit more different too, is like maybe some humor where you can see the waiter kind of waiting on our main uh, guy character and his girlfriend or wife or whoever is like just yeah. so high maintenance, for example, just an example. And then vice versa where this, our lovely like uh, leading ladies, like with her man. And, and he's, he's exactly the same as 
the other or there could be different qualities to him but maybe like they're like, both they're both dating the same off-putting kind in different of wrong ways. person yeah, yeah wrong yeah. people and maybe it's like we don't go too aggressive or we do because it's a short but either we go aggressive and they're completely off-putting or it's like small things like um you know like they hate the uh, they don't like the same kind of music the people mm-hmm. they're with or they don't like the same kind of movies or whatever so it's like this little thing of like they're both with the wrong people every time or they're distant or like you know there's a sun they're what like She's watching a sunset with her husband, and he's just like on, the, on his phone. Like maybe he's on his phone. Yeah, yeah. He's making you know, deals. Uh, you know what would be uh, a funny. You know what's uh, and we got one thing they should both have is like something in common. So maybe both of them like not PDA, but they like affection. So like he reaches across for the woman he's with right now, like the wrong woman he's with right now, and she doesn't like she kind of pushes her hand away, and then vice versa when they're when the, the leading lady is watching a sunset with her wrong partner, they're watching the sunset, and she kind of like nestles into his neck or like on his like shoulder and he kind of just takes a call and like moves away really abruptly so it's like not that but there's something they both want out of a partner that yeah. and it's kind of obvious yeah. that they're with the wrong people yeah 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 i thought of a funny meet cute moment like the opening scene where they could meet for the first time and like what you kind of made me think of when you're talking about the the sort of disparate desires between the actual partners and our main characters is like doing bits like one thing that's among amazing things of my current relationship is that like Katie doesn't get annoyed when I do bits. Cause I fucking do bits all the time. Like I will just make a bit out of anything. Like I have an improviser brain. It's just like, if I'm idle, I'm going to try and turn any bit of conversation into a bit. And you can imagine being with a partner who doesn't like that sort of thing. Yeah. It's just constantly being like, that's dumb. Shut up. Like Katie kisses her teeth. Uh, quite a bit uh, at my bits, but it's not in a like fucking shut up way. It's just like a, okay, buddy, like yeah, you, you done. You, you it's like it's more loving and, and sort of endearing than, for example, someone who who wouldn't yeah, yeah, want to yeah. be a part of that bit. So, what if this guy is just walking down the street? Uh, he see he's walks by a building. I think we should ditch the butcher thing because I was just trying to make a fucking meat pun like the bit guy i am so we don't the butcher shop has no bearing i'm just outside, glad you murdered it i didn't want to murder it so yeah you, yeah, that no, was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah i won't i won't die on that uh that murder store. weapon <laughs> uh um so he's walking by a building and he sees like you know the sun's hitting the glass in a particular way so he sees his reflection and his hair is a little messed up and he goes to like comb his hair but this woman's on the other side and she like mirrors his action as if she's him doing his hair and he fixes his mustache and like she puts some hair over her lip to like make a mustache and does a thing or and he like does this and she you know they just end up in a like a mirrored improv scene say for, for lack of better ways to put it and it's just this really cute thing and then he just goes on his way and she goes on her way or whatever and then there's another instance where they meet up and it's like fun little bits that they end up doing together organically so, you know uh, doesn't have to be that but like yeah. just something like these cute unexpected moments that a tell us who they are because also you know with this uh sort of montage you know opening title sequence kind of montage thing that we're doing um we still want to get across their character we still want to understand why why we care about them yeah yeah yeah. i first of all love that that's great um i had a different idea so maybe that could be the second time they meet or honestly i think yours is strong enough that that's when they meet and then they kind of laugh and then they kind of look for a moment and then like maybe she's like, oh, and then someone the partner comes. Well, I was gonna say maybe no partner yet. Personally, okay. I th- okay. I think the first time they meet, I think it's an uh, just for the sake of like this, 
uh, moral or whatever is like they had this moment where they were single and you know sometimes like you're single and someone else is single and you're kind of just kind of miss that moment and then now i'm like you're dating someone and then they're dating someone and then it's like oh like i don't know if you've ever had that but I've, i feel like that happens in real life where you kind of miss a moment yeah yeah exactly. and you go different ways and then the whole, that's the whole beauty of the story where they had a moment a window and they missed the timing and then the next stop that they could meet up like their trains met uh, uh up at or their kind of life met up at was at 60 years later yeah. which is sad but sweet because they still got to be with each other at the end before they died or whatever right yeah, yeah. um so i think they should be single and the partner isn't introduced yet personally okay. yeah 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 yeah. no for um, sure for sure also i was gonna say uh, maybe they smile at each other and she may, i don't know why i picture that the window he like there's a building and he's the one he's looking at is a gym or something so she's like doing it and then someone calls her like a friend for spotting or a friend just to call her over and she kind of walks away i don't know why i picture gym that she's in inside um, but either way that happens and then she gets called. So she leaves and then he kind of just, he stays standing there for a moment being like, huh? Like you kind of feel like he's mm. kind of just falling because she made him laugh and she was kind of so quirky and she enjoyed doing it with him. So she kind of has to leave, but he just stays there like, huh? You know, like, wow, what was that? Like he felt something, right? Yeah. Yeah. And what I also like is whatever they mimic can be a callback throughout. So when he goes to the restaurant and he sees her, she takes her hair and puts it over her lips and he laughs like hard. And the woman he's with is like, the fuck and he just kind of makes like ignores and she, he just plays it off yeah and, and like, he walks away and she's like giggling now because she made him laugh so it's like now they always have this joke of her maybe putting her hair over her lip to mimic his mustache or even like a weird thing he does like with his hair that, that day when he did the reflection in the beginning so yeah. it becomes like a totem that yeah, every yeah, time yeah. they meet she just makes that joke or he makes that joke you know and uh that's how they kind of know like i still rem remember you from that first yeah time. yeah it's like a little yeah, thing yeah, of like yeah, i yeah. still know who you are instead of just the eye contact you know yeah so i love that I had an idea and tell me, maybe it's, we don't need this anymore. Maybe that's it. That's the first time they meet. And then from then on, it's whenever they meet is with their spouses or partners. Yeah. What I was going to say is if they end up like it's a, it's a, a CD store, like a, a record store. Yeah. Right. And she's looking at stuff and some guys helping her. And it's like, I don't, I haven't thought it fleshed it out yet, but it's like, I like this idea of him kind of listening to her, get advice from this guy. Like, you don't need this album. This is an old one. You need this. And you he's got like, the John Cusack character just being like, yeah, if you want to be a fucking idiot, you're going to watch blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then, and then you see her, the guy say all that and walk away. And then it clears way. And our, our main leading guy is like looking at her and just like, he like puts up an album and he's like, you should go for this. Like kind of just uh, nudges there. And then maybe he works there or whatever, or something happens where again, they have to leave. And then, and yeah. And then she's at her house and she's spinning that record and her husband's like, what's, what's this crap or whatever, you know? Like, Oh, so you're saying, Oh, that's good. Cause I was like, maybe this is one of the intro scenes, but no, maybe this is like, are you saying that when they meet at the record store, the idea I was saying is that that could be that the beginning or is that a third time they meet? I, 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 must have blacked out for the part you said that would be later. Uh, no, I said or, earlier. At the beginning, excuse me, at the beginning. Uh, I think that could be a later thing. That's you know? beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, like, I, I think that first one should be so jarringly cute. I no, mean, no, yeah. I'm not saying this should be the first yeah, one. Yeah. But uh, what I'm what I'm, my, I'm curious about is the first one, I think, is a reflection. Like, that's, I fucking love that. That's okay. great. It's because there's a bit too in that. And I love that. You're right. That's when you, I feel like, I don't know what it is. Maybe because we're similar in that sense. Like, humor to me is huge. Like, I'll fall in love because of humor sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, or someone who just understands, you know? Someone who gets, someone like, who, what funny is. Someone like, who gets me. Like, I want them to get my kind of comedy. You, like, are just fucking really up on the LOLs. Like, you just know. <laughs> Um, L O L O V E. <laughs> that's why I like that. That's why I personally like that. Yeah. I like that yeah, opening yeah, yeah. But then, so I was like, do we need one more of them single meeting and doing a cutesy thing so we can build up? Or it's the reflection and then maybe the title card. 
like he just stands there looking at his reflection now and he looks at himself being like oh you're in trouble buddy you know and you're like oh i'm in love or i'm like i feel something and then we go to title card yeah and then we cut back and it's like a different a year later one year later it says so oops sorry one year later and it's like a restaurant or the, not the record store yet but maybe something where they were the partner or whatever you know and there were different partners yeah and the way we, you write that in the script is like you kind of describe it almost misleading for a moment so you think they're together and it's like a different person yeah you could yeah, do that yeah i think a cool way to intro the couple thing though like her having a spouse or him having a spouse could be there could be initial reflection and then another potential scene where some catastrophe happened not catastrophe but some impediment occurs to not not let them get together and then the third one could be a record store where he recommends this record and then she goes home and reveals to the audience that she's got a boyfriend or or does he like recommend it to her at the store and then she goes to like show it to her boyfriend and he's like nah, nah, so nah. i i again that was another great option is uh, or a scene is like it just cuts to the record player and as you kind of see it spinning and you're like, you notice it's the one from the record store, you pull away and it's her listening to it. And her husband's like, what are you listening to over there? Whatever. says something. And you kind of just know. But I don't think that's when you reveal the husband. I think that's just a good scene. Yeah. I yeah. think it's reflection. So opening meet cute. They meet each other. Like he's walking past a building. He sees uh, something wrong with his hair, fixes it. And he notices someone else mimicking him. So he laughs and then he go, and then he kind of adds on to it. And then does something else and she does and then he does like a tie or whatever he's wearing on purpose because she's not wearing it so she has to kind of fake a tie or whatever so they have this cute moment back and forth right she's called away by her friend at wherever building she's in at the mall or at a gym or wherever she goes away and he's just left there standing looking at his own reflection title card then i think we should cut to a, a scene a year later where they're both in the same place a restaurant um a, a, a clothing store wherever where he's with his loved one or his current girlfriend and she's with her current boyfriend. And they make eye contact and she does the mustache thing or whatever, kind of a callback to their first meeting. And when she does that callback, they laugh. Then they will go back to their partners. Cut to three years later, it's a record store. He recommends the record. Seeds of doubt start to get sowed within their, like we, we see her personal life and she's clearly not. Not yet. Oh, okay. Well, what, sorry, which, which part is this? Sorry. The record store part. Like when she puts the record on. Oh, no, no sorry. Okay. Yeah. We're going to go to the record store first and then go he's to the house. Home. Then yes, she's yes, at yes, home. Yes, yes, yeah. Correct, correct, correct. Record okay. store. Uh, she gets yelled at by the fucking clerk there. He walks away and then you just see our main character being like, you should take this. And then she laughs, cut to home, listening to the record and her husband's nearby. I like that. Um, that's where I am so far. And then maybe 10 years. No. So we keep increasing it, right? Like, So three years, seven years. Well, my question to you is this. Do you think they should be in their 60s when the comet hits? I or? think they should be like old. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But they're still both beautiful because yeah. they have their, their inner youth that, yeah. that they once connected on is still there. Yeah, yeah, despite yeah. all the other shit from their life disappearing. What do you, what age do they meet? Uh, the reflection. What age is the reflection? I would say mid twenties, early twenties, mid mid to late twenties. You know, twenty seven. Whoa, dude! That's Were what you gonna I say twenty seven? Oh, oh man, that's like the clap. Yeah, exactly. The, we're talking about the STI, right? <laughs> okay. No, uh, I'm gonna clarify. Fuck that! I'm gonna clarify. Before we begin, we always do an instant clap for audio. That's the clap I was talking about. Oh right, yeah, yeah. we we do. <laughs> do that so we can sync up the video footage that you may or may not ever see um so okay 
uh, we're at the record store. He suggests a record after getting berated by the clerk. She gets berated by the she, clerk. Sorry, she gets berated, and then she goes home to spin the record. The husband is nearby. He doesn't like it. There's some sort of seed of doubt planted there. And then we needed another version of that for him. Maybe we, like, cut to his house and... Can can we really quick do... I just want to... I don't know why this helps, but just age real quick. 27. Okay, uh, reflection. Yeah. Okay, 27. And then one year later, 28. is the restaurant, maybe. Yeah? Yep. Then 31, record store. Okay. And then let's go, like... 36 or 40? Let's go 40. So on the 40th... On his 40th birthday, maybe, even... 40 birthday. 40 birthday? His, four, his 40th birthday. Um, okay. Uh, and then there's something like... What if she throws him a surprise party at a place that he does not like? Or like he just isn't celebrated. Like it's his 40th birthday. And Is that too... Yeah, no, okay, fair enough. Keep you know, going, and it's going. just like... She's just like, yeah, here's a, yeah. I mean, I, I think what you're saying, but my thing is like, that just shows it more aggressively. Like she picks a place that he's like, I don't fucking like baseball. We're batting cages. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's very like, she doesn't know him or, hmm. Or is it, uh, we show his humor that he does something funny for his own birthday or whatever, or like surprises her for her 40th birthday, his partner. And she just doesn't fuck with it. Cause it's like a fun theme uh, thing. I think that's the, that's the move. He, he's planning a birthday party and, and it's, it's fun and it's go karts not i mean i mean that's weird but it's something like more like uh, you know like youthful and she's just very like bland and like you know she wants to be mature about this she's like wait what like she, he gets a cake with like someone in it you know <laughs> he's like ah! and then she's like what um and then maybe he does it at like a party like you know how you can do a, a, room, a party room in like a restaurant and she's at that restaurant at the same time like the leading lady like do we do that maybe or no i don't i think like we don't show them yeah, I don't think we need to keep. I think it's important. Yeah, because I, I think or showing something different, but not at the same. Oh yeah, they should be kind of meeting at the same place. Because my thing is, uh, I think what's really important. Oh, I got, it, I got. It. So I'm gonna say two thoughts at one. One is, I think it's important that we always only see. Why the fuck are we seeing the 40th year? It's only because it's always whenever they uh, cross right, paths. Right, right. We, we're we're watching them every time they cross paths and how it reflects them. So what if? The 40th birthday. So we don't say that. We say say seven years later or eight, nine years later, right? And he's at a store picking out the gift or picking out the thing. And again, he catches her eye or something like that. Or he's on his way home. Maybe we don't do a store again, something different where he's like in an elevator or something. And, and maybe this could be like the first real conversation. Like he could be coming home with like a stack of presents. Uh, you've got, you've sold me on. They don't, they never talk. Like even in the end is the only time. When oh, okay. Hands. okay. I don't know. That's what I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. So sure. I was even thinking they're in a busy elevator. You know when it's like too busy where you're like not even next to the person. Mm. So she, he's in an elevator with like all these gifts and then she kind of comes in and there's people around them and they kind of make eye contact and he goes like this or whatever and she kind of like laughs or and then maybe like there's just maybe there's a very fleeting moment there it's like barely recognition right like he's pretty sure she didn't notice him they do make eye contact but like oh it's been 10 years or whatever and then he leaves the elevator he's got all these presents or whatever and just just for the sake of it he glances back over her shoulder and she's got the fucking mustache yes, there. you yes. know what i, I mean was hoping you'd go there like closing yeah yeah, 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 yeah. and yeah. then he laughs and then cuts to literally cuts to uh yay like how you burn like she's blowing the candle out the his current partner like it's the party like literally three hours later after the elevator we cut to that and he she opens his gift and she doesn't like it or she opens a surprise or whatever and she doesn't like it you yeah. know what i mean maybe she like dumps him on his birthday or on her birthday or something you know what i mean like she like he gets home with all this shit she's just like i want to break up or, do we want to do the cl i mean i don't mind the cliche because it's like it speeds it across but what if he comes home with the surprise like we just cut to him coming in get, getting ready 
and then he goes into a room and she's with like someone else mm. so he that's why his 40s he's staying single because he just got cheated on that's that would be a that that would be a believable reason to continue to to be single to your 50s and then maybe like he's dating someone in his 50s uh, but like tries and then yeah date someone younger or something it doesn't really work or like well that that'd we be just <laughs> we just start seeing him alone you know and not he's out there and he doesn't see mustache woman you know i only think we should see only the, see the windows of the, i just think that okay, makes sense yeah for the yeah, short. yeah sure but sure, I, what sure. i like is this other idea you said where it's like maybe in one of the years he's dating someone younger and it's such a 53 year old single guy he's trying but again now he's in a different part of his life and they don't vibe and then he still runs into the other woman and she's maybe i don't know with the same guy or she's single at that moment, so his window, like, she's not with a guy or, like... Or maybe she is, yeah, she's with a guy. And, and he's looks, not... She looks happy or something, you know? Like, yeah. there's something in there. We can we can fuss with that when we get into the thing. And then it's... Comet? Comet. But I think also... Uh, we need to do some kind of thing throughout from the beginning. I don't know what it is yet. To sort of... Uh, plant the seeds of the environment or like just the state of the world and those moments you know what i mean like there should so it's just not like all of a sudden there's a fucking comet coming like there should be like is there a weather report in every episode? well i was gonna say well, personally like, i thought you could go without it it's just uh you just show at the end but that's a good idea where literally it could even be like flyers in the backdrop like when he first meets her behind him is like a little flyer of like uh, I don't know. People talking about the environment, right? Or, like, or uh, one of those guys. It's always like yeah, the end flyers. is nigh. Yeah, the end is nigh. Yeah. And, and then, then we just see that once in a while. And then yeah. yeah, and then and then one of them like say like year fifty when he's fifty or whatever. There's like literally a news report going on in the background of them. You know what I mean? It's yeah. always like that's a really good idea. Like it's like literally peppered in in the background. Mm -hmm. And uh, then yeah. Um, you know what I also just realized. We don't have to, and this makes it even more realistic to me. It's up to you if we want to go cliche or not. Maybe his love story is that, you know, he was with this woman who's not that fun. And then like his second, like this, he, so he meets our leading lady. They don't ever, they have the reflection moment. Then they go on separate journeys. Why not? She does have a, a happy love life. And he's, he dies or something. Yeah. And that guy dies. So like, even when he, in his fifties, when he's with this young girl, this archive, he, he could see, see her in the funeral procession or some shit, you know, like, or like, you know, she's in the back of a, you know, when the funeral cars all drive together and they do a little parade to the burial. Like he could see her in one of those like grieving, you know, he could see her very happy in one other context. And then, yeah, yeah I yeah. like that because like, why, why do we all have to be in unhappy yeah, relationships? Yeah. Um, and no, then he sees good. her grieving or something, or it's implied that she's dead. And then there's no funny moment in that. There's no like fucking mustache thing. Maybe obviously. he just mouths, I'm sorry, or just kind of like yeah, a gesture. So it's like, yeah. a, he's like, I'm still, I still care about you in a way, you know, but yeah. without being like, oh, I'm going to hit on you, whatever. He's just like actually sorry for her. But what I was going to say is this. Okay. So, cause we do need to give them interesting lives separately. Right. So maybe one time he does run into her and she's really happy. Right. Maybe the restaurant scene, she makes a joke with him and then she goes back and her and her husband are laughing and he puts like a little frosting on her nose because, you know, her and her current husband are having a funny night or whatever. Right. Uh, a funny night, <laughs> a fun night. Um, and then the grieving thing when he drives past her and the funeral thing, maybe he's in a convertible because our boy, like he spent his 40s now, focused oh. on himself, makes in, money. In, in the 50s, he was a young girl. He's in a convertible. He's a young girlfriend and he's happy. But when he sees her, he still has a moment of. Fuck. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's but it's like, or is he happy? Because like, 
the it's the three little bears thing like this porridge is too <laughs> hot this porridge is too cold or i guess it would yeah. be too cold and then too hot because the younger person and then this porridge is just right and yeah. then the world ends yeah yeah i like that again i just don't want to like you said earlier i don't want to be like oh he's so like without her he's been miserable his 40 years no like yeah, even yeah. in the convertible he's happy but you can tell there's a age difference and there's like the yeah. mentality difference the convertible is so good too if if we pair it with the funeral procession because he's in a good traffic's yeah. gonna stop and yeah. they're gonna let the procession go in and yeah. then he sees her and they make eye cut like that's fucking nice yeah i'd watch that and he's like 54 at that 55 at that point and his girlfriend at the current time is like 30 yeah kind of thing yeah and then, yeah, that's the sorry, whatever. And then cut to him having whiskey and the comets coming and he's watching the news. And his girlfriend, while he's watching the news, is like storming out. Like, fuck this. I don't want any more of this. And she leaves him. And we have him just sipping whiskey watching it. Like, he could just be sipping whiskey by himself in sort of a medium. And then you pull out wide to this vacuous. Loft or Like, house messy or... loft. And, like, the news broadcast could be like, you know, for the last six weeks, uh, people have been fleeing the cities and blah, blah, blah. And, like, it's just kind of squalor and there's no one around and you get it you get it yeah you know maybe. and then yeah and they just sip in watching and then he says and the guy gives an announcement like you know we're all gonna come out i, I don't know if you need that but something kind of announcement where like everyone's meeting at mm, high park yeah 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 <laughs> to watch the comet hit earth um and then cut to like the park and you see him walk and, you and he's see, like, like the comet and yeah it's like crazy and then it's like coming he, up and then they see each other or maybe it hits and you see that like silent, like the delayed auditory. Wait, this is before so, they've seen each other. Though, by they've now. seen each other. They see each other. They walk over. They, no they, dialogue. Smile. Hands touch. Not yet. Not yet. So they kind of get close to each other and they just kind of nod and they watch it. And the comments like hits and you see the flash and then you see the impact thing. There's no sound yet, you know, because like the, the shockwave's got to make its way over to them. And then you just see the blast coming. And then you cut to the close-up of the hands, and they and the blast hands, is in the background, and then you see the blast coming up, and then it's just like cut to black, you know, like it just consumes them, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, those reminds me of like "Don't Look Up." You seen that film? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't like it. Um, yeah, no, I love it. That's that's a great uh, ending. I I also don't mind the final image being the comet and their hands and the comets in the sky, because yeah. the blast I'm worried is like it's. Like very, it's gonna be really expensive to do. I don't know if we can afford that. Not have that. <laughs> I'm the fucking studio head right here. I uh, only we need it on a blast. It's gonna take a lot of words, man. We don't have that many words <laughs> at our disposal. Uh, no, I was gonna say more because um, there's something more uh, poetic about the comet and their hands, and the blast is a bit more. Again, not against. I'm not saying we have to do the comet, but or the blast they, is just they hold the hands and then you see, and then you see the blast or something. Yeah, like I don't know. We're, I'm, we're, I'm worried that the the blast is too aggressive and kind of takes away from the sweetness because it's like. They're about to die now, as opposed to the comet in the sky. There's this moment of cuteness and like, this is the end together, baby. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see what it feels yeah, like. Yeah, we always stumble there. upon the end. Um, All right, we've been talking. Let's for, recap. Let's um, recap though, okay. real quick. The film starts with our main character, uh, our main uh, leading man, and he's walking um, on a street, and he catches his reflection on a window. Looks, he's like, oh, my hair is a little kind of fucked up. Fixes it. Fixes the parting or whatever. And as he's doing that. He know, like another, a person, our leading lady on the other side of the reflection starts like mimicking him and he notices and he kind of smiles and he kind of gives her more things to mimic almost. He then goes like checks his nose to see his nose hair. She does it for a little bit and then he goes for his mustache. So she takes her hair and puts it over her lips to fix her mustache and they keep going one upping each other maybe a little bit. Uh, she does something that he mimics and they one up each other until like her friend on the other side of the 
the window calls her or whatever and she has to go so she kind of smiles laughs and walks away and our guys just left standing there like looking at his reflection and being like oh like like joseph gordon levitt in 500 days of summer when she kind of says oh, are you listening to the sticks or whatever and she walks out of the elevator and he's like oh shit like he knows i just got hit by cupid mm-hmm. so our guy has that face of like oh cupid's arrows in my back right now and he's like looking at his own reflection and then we cut to title card title card happens we cut back from title card to the film again and it's one year later and potentially oh quick interjection John has an interjection yes the comet should be called cupid like they should call the comet cupid that's pretty funny yeah, all right sorry all right. um that's pretty funny um so then one year later they're at a restaurant potentially and our leading man walks in and he has a girl at his arm and he kind of is waiting for his table and he looks over and he makes eye contact with our leading lady who's with her like fiance or boyfriend at the time and they look over they make eye contact and some reference to their first meeting and she makes some reference right now we're saying that it doesn't have to be the mustache thing because i think we should say that for the elevator but I think uh, it should be the same thing over and over oh, again. Same thing? Yeah. yeah. Or she does one, she does the, the top hair. And okay, the yeah. So on she the changes other. You know, there's it always up. some gesture that's a repeated meeting. gesture. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, she does like a fixture of her hair to kind of uh, a call back to their first meeting with the reflection. He laughs and his like girlfriend looks at him strangely like, why are you laughing so out loud in public randomly? And he's like, oh, nothing and, or whatever. And they just walk to their table and that's their chance meeting. And then we cut to the girl at her, like the leading lady at her table and she's having a good time. So we show that she's still with someone that makes her laugh. It was just still, there's something still left with this other man mm-hmm. from before. Then three years later, we're at a record store. Our leading lady's like getting berated by like a, clerk, a worker there, an employee there who's like, uh, uh, you want to buy this CD? What are you? Fucking Luddite. Fucking Luddite. And then as he says that, she's like just shocked with how much this guy's like berating her. And he walks away. And as he walks in, away and clears frame, right behind him, like maybe 10 feet away or 20, 15 feet away is our leading man from the for the film and he's like looking at her just kind of laughing and she's like sees him and her moment of like feeling kind of like shitty and shocked yeah turns into laughter and he's like it's actually quite a good record and she buys it yeah well he doesn't say that but he kind of just lifts the album cover in front of his face and like mimics it talking like just like a nod to her and she laughs cut to that album is playing on the thing and her and her husband are dancing to it oh well, okay, how about we... That's good. Yeah, okay, that's really good, actually. That's kind of weird, though, a little bit. Do they need to be dancing to it? Well, not like this, I think, No, maybe, like slow like, dancing, you're yeah, saying. But it's like, dancing, he gave her the song to dance with her husband. But he doesn't know that. But she gets home, she gets enjoyment out of it, well, and then it, it, it bolsters her, her relationship with her husband well, as not shit. You know? I, I was, you know, 100%. So I was going to say this. Instead of just cutting to dancing, I feel that is a bit kind of abrupt, where it's like, here here's this song, and then she goes and dances with another guy. It's more like, this is what I picture, is like, he recommends a song to her, or the album cut to it's playing on the vinyl, yeah, yeah, yeah. right and then it pans up and she's listening to it and her husband's like what is this and as she does that she kind of then goes to him just to kind of answer his question without answering it she just starts dancing with him yeah and then like just kind of like yeah and then they dance and yeah. you can see he's like so it's like just a bit more build up of like it's not like she just went home and danced with her husband it's like no, yeah, yeah, she was yeah, just yeah, enjoying yeah, yeah. it her I, husband I, walked in I pictured then, the record spinning with yeah. the logo and yeah, the yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah, but again, totally. she, like he says, like, what, what kind of music is this? Like, he almost doesn't like it a little bit. So you do see there's a little difference. But then she goes and dances with him and he starts liking it because it's like, oh, like we're dancing to this. Mm-hmm. So it's like a bit of like they're different, but there's still love in this relationship. Okay. Then cut to like, I think seven years later, it's the 40th. Uh, they're both 40 now. Um, he's in an elevator with like a bunch of gifts. Um uh, is he in the elevator or is she in the elevator already? Who's in the elevator already? He's in the elevator already. Yeah, so he has a bunch of gifts and the elevator opens 
um, and there's people, he's surrounded with people and she walks in, our leading lady walks in. So this is her, their third or fourth encounter, basically. They're the 40 now. And she walks in and quickly walks and goes into the corner of the elevator. And he kind of notices her and he's like, he's like, shit, she didn't see me. Right. He's almost like kind of like let down. He's like, like she walked in so quick to the elevator. There's so many people in here that he noticed her, but she didn't notice him. So he's like, bummer. So he's kind of like just standing there. And then the elevator dings again. He's like, all right, whatever. He walks out because it's like, who cares? She didn't notice me. It's been like 13 years or so since we first met. He walks out and as he turns around before he goes back, goes into his apartment or whatever, he sees the elevator closing and she's doing the the hair of the mustache lip and he kind of just starts laughing because he's like oh she did remember me she did notice me and it's kind of a cute moment he has this like giddy look on his face walks into his apartment puts down his like the gifts and it's like on the gift you can see like happy birthday my love so it's like for his wife or whatever that he kind of walks in and as he's walking you see the wedding pictures of him and his wife on the wall he walks in he goes into the room opens it and she's getting just railed no (laughs) jesus (laughs) <laughs> Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Grant and Billy Crystal are in there. Are both taking turns. Oh, that's fucked up. Um, that's so funny. So she <laughs> walks in, and there's a man in his bed. Like we'll figure out a funny way to show that, or maybe she's by herself naked, and then he's like, "Oh, sexy time!" And then a and guy, then guy walks comes out into the yeah. bathroom, yeah, which yeah. is so cliche, but it's so obvious, and but yeah. it works. Um, so he sees that, and then there's a moment of like, and I, I, we could even make the woman character like either sorry or almost the opposite, being like, "What." Right. <laughs> and then cut to it's now 10 years later or 12 years later and our guy now we kind of have this really cool all of a sudden it's like a very cool shot of like a car driving and it's like like a drone shot of it it's like a nice nice convertible and we cut into the car it's been 12 years so our guy's like 52 now and he's driving silver fox kind of vibes like george clooney or like whatever he's driving and he's like happy music's playing and he has like a, a younger girlfriend or wife on his arm like it's like a 30 year old woman and he's driving and and they're like, you know, like laughing and it's just montage cuts of them through the street. And then they have to stop because of traffic because there's a funeral percussion. Procession. Proce- it's not a hard C. It's a soft C. There's a funeral procession. There's a funeral drum playing. There's a funeral, funeral per- percussion <laughs> is happening. <laughs> there's a funeral procession uh, happening and they're driving past uh, the convertible and he's kind of just waiting like a little impatiently. And then he notices like in one of the cars is the leading lady that he's been seeing every year or five years or 10 years. And they look at each other and there's this recognition still, even though it's been like 23, 25 years since they first met, this has been 25 years since they first met in that Mm -hmm. reflection of the building. And he notices her, she notices him and they look, he understands it's for her husband. You can just feel it. And he looks at her and he says, he just mouths the word maybe I'm sorry or, or just gives or her a nod. We just see that yeah. with their expression. Just expression. We, and she, she kind of... There's a psychic thing happening. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, maybe a li- from her maybe then a little bit of like, I understand, but like with a nod. She goes like this and you understand that they understand each other. She drives away. Our guy starts driving again and you just see a look of like a bit more of like s- somberness on his face. Cut to now it's eight years later again. He's, it's six, he's 60 now. So is our leading lady. They're both 60 now. But we cut to now eight years later. He's sitting watching TV as the news talks about a comet hitting earth and he's sipping whiskey and we kind of zoom out of this shot of him watching TV into, and we see this big house. It's messy, but it's lonely. It's like he's isolated in this big house. He's watching TV. The guy says we have about uh, a scientist, scientists estimate that by 9 PM tonight, the comet would hold, well, the comet will hit, hit earth and 
that'll be the end or you know within 30 minutes everyone will be wiped out or whatever he says um if anyone interested uh, there will be a meeting at high park or whichever park or wherever to go see the comet and there, spend there, there's place. a communal death rally occurring <laughs> at high park if you want to die with a ton of strangers yeah and then he goes to and then we just see him finish the whole glass and then cut to it's like sun setting it's high park he walks in and there's people walking around like or like standing around just like yeah it's like nine right like northern yeah, cause of the comic too cause, yeah the it's like yeah. the ambient lights up because it's, um, it's like 8 30 or whatever yeah, right yeah, yeah. and it's like yeah and he maybe it's 8 34 8 35 okay fine okay done um so he walks into the park there's like a, hundreds of people standing around but there's still space to walk through them and you know get to his spot and as he's walking he notices someone else walking in the crowd and it's her and they both look and they keep walking it's like they as soon as they their eyes lock oh yeah and it's like it's like the the crowd's kind of she, it's almost like jump cuts like she disappears and kind of comes back and like it's there it's fleeting and they're almost not gonna meet yeah. but then but they, they keep beelining it though they don't stop they keep like losing each other in the crowd but they keep walking and keep walking and then maybe he loses her and then he gets a tap on his shoulder and she's yeah. right there and she slaps him she <laughs> <laughs> yeah then they so they make eye contact yeah he loses her for a bit then yeah the tap he turns and she's right there she smiles she walks up next to him they both like look at the and then all you hear is the card go whoa so they both Break eye contact, look up at the sky, and the comet's getting closer. And then you maybe cut to someone's clock or whatever, and or watch, sorry, and it's like 8.42 or 8.30, whatever it is. And then they kind of just look at it. And as, the, as it gets closer and closer and closer, you see them hold hands, look at the comet, and then cut to black. Or... Or we see the flash as they hold hands, whatever. Yeah, we'll, they, we'll yeah, figure yeah, the out. We'll figure the out. Just hits how. Earth, flash happens, like a flash bang, and then it's like their hands holding, and then... It's it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's write it. What's the title of this film? I think we should. I well, oh, all, all the while too. During each section, we're going to find a way to pepper in the sort of foreshadowing of the comet. So, yeah. like weather yeah, reports like a, or like scientists discovered a new comet called Cupid. You know, and we could call it Cupid or whatever we name the comet, or call it like meteor or comet. I, don't I like know. Cupid a lot because it makes sense. Um, yeah, I don't know if we call it Cupid's comet the film though. No, no, I think keep the comet thing out. But we'll. We'll come up with a title as we write it. Yeah, and then we'll fill you in. Yeah. Right now. And now, Marvin and Lily. Exterior Bay Street Day. Our young, likable male lead, Marvin, 27, rushes down a street. His outfit suggests he's heading to work. He catches his reflection in a window and stops. Marvin frowns as he notices the mess that is his hair. He leans into the window and attempts to fix his side part. Interior bookstore, continuous. On the other side of the glass, Lily, 27, our young, likable female lead, watches Marvin with a smirk. She instinctively mimics his movements. Exterior bookstore continuous. Marvin continues to fix his hair, oblivious to his obvious soulmate. Suddenly, she catches his eye. Blushing, he stands up straight. Lily does the same. Marvin lowers his hands, letting his guard down. Lily mimics this as well. Catching onto the bit, Marvin adjusts his tie. Lily adjusts her invisible tie. Marvin leans in closer and makes a meal of fixing his mustache. Lily improvises and doubles down by holding her shoulder-length hair in between her lips and nose to create a fake mustache. They both break into laughs at the same time and share a warm but brief moment. Interior bookstore continuous. Lily's friend, 20s, calls for her off-screen. Hey, Lily! Lily throws Marvin a quick wave and takes her leave with a bow. Marvin lingers for a beat, staring at his own reflection in awe of what just happened, his hair blowing in the wind. Title card, Marvin and Lily. Cut to interior restaurant, day, one year later. 
A TV blares a news broadcast, featuring telescope imagery of a comet with a beautiful red tail. Its unearthly surface is made of jagged rock, vaguely shaped like a heart. Big news in space today. Scientists at NASA have discovered a comet in our solar system. Its red glow and heart-like shape have earned it the nickname Cupid. But don't worry. They say the chances of it colliding with this pale blue dot are highly unlikely. At the entrance, Marvin, 28, and his girlfriend, 30s, enter and step up to the maitre d' who looks up their reservation. While they wait, Marvin snags a single rose from a nearby bouquet and hands it to his girlfriend, as if it were completely natural. She kisses her teeth and returns the flower to the vase. He chuckles, but she's not having it. Then, he catches someone's eye. It's Lily, clearly on a date. He looks away for a beat, but can't help but steal another glance. Their eyes meet again, and Lily does a quick adjustment of her invisible tie with a smirk before going back to her conversation. Martin smiles briefly, until his girlfriend nudges him to follow the major D. Cut to, interior vinyl record shop, day, three years later. Lily, 31, rifles through a row of records. She pulls out the high fidelity soundtrack and a clerk, male, 30s, berates her almost immediately. For a film, uh, sorry, a movie that's supposed to champion the little guy, why the fuck is the main character a misogynist piece of shit? Oh, I keep getting my heart broken. Wah. I'm a straight white guy and I need the affection of every woman in my life. Or where? <laughs> I'd say go with this. He holds up the soundtrack to erase her head. It may not be the record you came in for, but it's the one you need. He notices another patron picking up a record he doesn't agree with and rushes over with his input. A little defeated, Lily picks up the high fidelity record in one hand and ponders between the two vastly different soundtracks. <clears throat> A cough gets her to look up, and she sees Marvin, 31, not too far away. He's heard everything and is smiling at her predicament. He shakes his head and points to the high fidelity record, giving it a thumbs up. Lily smiles, and as she begins to speak, Marvin's girlfriend appears and impatiently motions for them to leave. Lily takes another look at the record. Cut two, interior, Lily's apartment, later that day. Close on the high fidelity soundtrack spinning on a turntable. Oh Sweet Nothing by the Velvet Underground plays. Cut wide to reveal Lily swaying to the music. A voice off screen. What's this? Her husband, 40s, enters and Lily reaches for his hand. He smilingly accepts and they slow dance. Cut two. Interior department store elevator, evening. Nine years later. Marvin, 40s, stands against the far back wall, pushed up against it by the other residents, his arms full of birthday gifts. He looks good for his age, but we can tell life hasn't been so kind in the intervening years. Two gentlemen speak in hushed voices, discussing a video on a smartphone. Why not Armageddon that shit and send a team with nukes up to blow that thing out of the sky? Makes you miss the Trump era. Marvin does all he can to not roll his eyes. They arrive on the ground floor and he steps out. His eyes light up when he passes Lily, 40, who's stepping inside the same elevator now. Fearing she didn't notice him, he turns around just as the doors are closing. Lily is looking straight at him, her hair scrunched between her lip and her nose. The elevator doors close. Now alone in the lobby, Marvin daydreams. She remembered. Match cut to interior Marvin's bedroom later that evening. Marvin stands in his bedroom, still holding the presents, now with a mournful look on his face. Cut to his point of view, his wife in bed covering herself with the sheets and a fully naked man standing beside the bed, covering his private parts. Back to Marvin, he nods almost politely and sighs, <sighs> noting the naked man's underwear hanging on the frame of his wedding portrait by their bedside table as he leaves. Cut to interior convertible day, 13 years later. A much happier and much older Marvin, 53. His mustache has long since turned gray and his hair blows freely in the wind. The top is down on his cherry red mid to late life crisis convertible. 
He turns to the passenger in the car, his much younger, new girlfriend, 30s. She's wearing big sunglasses and sipping a white claw, her wild curly locks blowing in the hot wind. She reaches for his hand and Marvin obliges. Their fingers interlock and they smile warmly at each other. Soon, traffic slows and they creep to a halt. A funeral procession of black SUVs and a hearse creep past. After a somber moment, Marvin can't believe it when he locks eyes with the passenger in the hearse. A mournful Lily, 53, still radiant despite the obvious death of her husband. Marvin gives a nod, a gesture of paying his condolence, and Lily smiles warmly as a way to say thanks. The cars roll by and traffic resumes. Marvin is frozen. Suddenly, the car behind him honks and snaps him out of the daze. He hits the gas. Cut two. Interior Marvin's apartment, seven years later. A Bluetooth speaker blares a news broadcast as Marvin, 60, throws back a mouthful of straight whiskey. He barely flinches, his eyes fixed on nothing and everything at the same time. I want to thank each and every one of you for being so brave over the last few years. News of Cupid's impact with Earth has devastated life as we know it, and it hasn't even entered our atmosphere. Experts believe that the comet will impact at approximately 9.40 p.m. this evening, somewhere near the Atlantic Ocean. It is not lost on me that this will be the final news broadcast, perhaps forever. Now, I, like many of you, am going to take my family to Trillium Park and welcome the end of all things. Marvin turns the broadcast off and finishes his whiskey. Cut to exterior Trillium Park later. Marvin walks slowly through the crowd. The air is surprisingly peaceful. The night sky lit up by the red glow of Cupid, now massive in the sky. Marvin stops to look around, and lo and behold, there she is. Lily, 60, a mere 50 feet away. She smiles at him and they instinctively walk toward one another. A fearful voice is heard in the crowd. It's happening! The crowd grows tense. People get to their feet and cluster with their families, causing Marvin and Lily to lose sight of each other. Marvin moves faster. More and more people get in his way as the panic sets in. He spots Lily just as she's pulled in another direction. Her pleading eyes disappear into the chaos. After a few frantic moments, Marvin gives up and looks at the comet nearly blotting out the entire sky. The gravel next to his feet begins to rise, pulled by the comet's gravity. Marvin takes a deep breath and accepts his fate. Then, a hand slips into his, interlocking fingers slowly. He looks over and sees Lily. She found him. They hold each other's gaze and smile as Cupid's light envelops the scene. They turn back to their destroyer, close up on their hands, a flash of light in the distance, cut to black. All right, so Martin and Lily. Marvin and Lily. You fucking fucked up the name again, even in the recap. Did I say, I hope, I hope. Martin I and Lily. I, hope, I know now when I go in to edit that, I'm going to say Martin over and over again. <laughs> I think I just started to picture Martin Freeman for some reason. But, Ooh, uh, I love Martin Freeman. He's nice. So good. Okay, so just to cap things off, we wrote uh, really what we think is cool uh, rom-com, mostly silent uh, kind of montage thing that uh, follows two people over 33 or so years until the entire world gets destroyed. But right at the very end, they get to touch each other, just be with each other before everything is annihilated. I wonder if anyone's going to be like, uh, oh, they didn't share a kiss. You know, like we didn't give but them a kiss. That's better. You know, that's there's better. something about that. Yeah. It's yeah. very romantic. What if one of them had halitosis? <laughs> and that's the last thing that they got like, in their Ugh. life. <laughs> 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 and then it ends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, um, okay, so what was your favorite thing about the whole thing? Um, what was my favorite thing? What was my favorite thing? I, I just, I really just liked uh, that we made it silent. Uh, like, what I mean is that's not my favorite thing, but it's my favorite thing that we were creative enough to kind of think of how do we make this a rom-com that we haven't seen and why not do it over 33 years? Sure, it's like over this vast period of time. Um, and it's like intercuts of their life, right? Like moments of their life. And they really don't have any dialogue. I was going to say until the end, but no, not even in the end. They don't speak. And I'm hoping that, you know, like the script and if it ever becomes a film, it's visually and... And yeah, you could really milk those moments on mm, camera mm. in like the connective yeah, yeah, yeah. pieces. But I'm hoping even the script itself, you read like a, a little short story and you're like, wow, even without dialogue of them speaking, like I can understand their feelings and I can yeah, feel the love yeah. and, and not even just the love, but just this hope. And I don't know, it's kind of tender. And as usual, like it leads into why, like the whole thing. And what I usually like about our scripts is the ending was so like dark. <laughs> Yeah, it was, yeah what's your what is thing? that? Jeez, uh, the ending. Yeah. Uh, no, you know I, what that is actually. I think that's uh, years of happy endings that we've seen growing up and being like, I want to see something different. Yeah, exactly. Life ain't like that. World, life yeah. is dark. Um, I liked the big time dashes. I think, like, just as a device, because you could kind of propel the story way further, and like, you know, you don't have to explain stuff. I don't know if we talked about party down in like an aired segment or if it was during our writing it was today, yeah uh but um it was kind of like that like the season is linear but you're, you're like joining them like six months later like so yeah. much has happened when you're not there and like it's kind of it's, it's it's mostly implied i guess they're on the nose sometimes when they have to be but like it's nice you're just like okay cool we're way ahead here it doesn't have to be this like incremental yeah, yeah, yeah. increasing thing and like such a, an immediate thing because you could have easily done like a quick slow burn like they meet right before the comet hits and whatever but it was nice to kind of drag it out and like i think actually that that whole thing being said because we got to to put all this distance between the two of them and the time from their meeting to their connecting and then we only give them the this we only the give hand them the, the hand holding it's that the last it's the first thing that they do truly together aside from like interact it's the first physical yeah, yeah. connection of them and it's the last drop of electricity that's going to go through their brains is going to think finally yeah yes and they're going to be at peace right yeah. before getting annihilated like yeah, yeah i love that i think that's really romantic no i totally agree oh. um yeah the time jump like you said in between the time jumps you're like and we kind of hopefully did a good job describing like they've changed in those nine years or seven years or whatever it's like so much happened in their lives but yeah yeah you don't have to see all of it and that's kind of nice about it too exactly uh at least everything Least favorite thing uh, about the script that or process. Maybe the may like and, and this is only because I have to pick one. It'd be like not having rom com banter. Like it would be fun to have little mm. things, but like this didn't. No, I can't say that because I think this is very cute with it. Um, I don't know. It's very cute I, without the banter, right? Well, yeah, the, the funny thing is usually our both of our least favorite thing is I wish we could have fleshed it out more. This is the first time. Yeah, I'm kind of... I'm like, yeah. no, I'm kind of happy with how much limited... This this one works with the limits. Where a lot of the scripts were like, oh, man, if we had like three more pages, oh, I could flesh out that backstory. But yeah. this is one of those scripts where I'm like the limitations of how much we could they could say dialogue-wise or how much we're showing works for its advantage almost like for it sure. makes it cuter it makes it more tender so yeah we had we had a little riff session we had some good options cut to Cube. the riff session 
Cupid's Comet was the name of the title, yeah. uh, the title of the film, possibly. But like you know, Cupid sounded too hokey, and Cupid's Comet sounded too like I don't know Hallmarky. It, Hallmarky as well, like yeah. But anyway, Mar- Marvin and, and Lily. Lily. There we go. He got it. Lily um, with one L. Um. Okay. Uh, when do you want to ask? Oh the yeah. Question? Uh, so this uh, yeah. When do you for you at what point of the process? Did the script start coming together? When okay, it's funny. Like wait, uh, by the way, sorry, just to explain, start coming together as in like you're like, oh, we got something on our hands right now. That's yes, thank you for clarifying. Uh, I really felt it. I'm like, okay, we're vibing, and and this is we're we're probably gonna take all these offers. Uh, was when I said the comet was coming, and you kind of like, you I I saw a little shift, and I'm like, either that shift is fucking like i don't know man i think we're going a little dark or we're in and you're like i fucking love that i, I was like all right we're, do, we're, we're yeah. doing that yeah so that i feel like that's the yeah. that's the moment for that's me. usually how it works one of us like will be kind of into it and then the other person kind of affirms like yeah. with the thing and it's like okay we're okay we're, we, we got something we got something yeah um and yeah for me it was a comment for sure because until then i'm like this is cute i like this oh it's like because uh, the pitch was like what if it's like a time lapse of them knowing each other yeah and then it became this comment thing and i was like damn that's yeah we got something so yeah, as soon as you mentioned like the end of the world almost, uh, yeah. in like the blue sky portion, I'm like, okay, this is something I want to write. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, uh, if you if we were to make this film, if we were to direct it, and we had all the resources of whoever we wanted to cast would be down to be in this, who would you cast in this film? For some reason, because okay. like I feel like uh, they, we 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 were kind of painting these characters as like hip, I guess maybe with the things, but maybe. They shouldn't be, but for for some reason I've pictured like Jeremy Swift, who's the guy Higgins on Ted Lasso, like the sort of assist, like the wow, that thing, <laughs> you know? what the I, I, like, that's kind of how I pictured him when he's older, like that's okay. How about this? Actually, this is a different kind of script. Do we show different actors playing Marvin? Oh yeah, we probably would. Yeah, or I guess you could just like uh, do the DH or, or get a young or, actor and put or, makeup on or re-age or age or age up. <laughs> just age. You could age him up or down. <laughs> Yeah, I just I don't know why I thought of that. That's guy. cute. I like him as that older guy, but I just feel even then it's like a I don't know. That, so sorry, you finish your thought. Yeah, and like uh, I, I don't know how to say her last name, but like Michelle Awat Awat. Uh, let me uh, let me look up. Okay, so if you if we could make this film tomorrow, and we could actually cast it with whoever we wanted to cast, who would you cast for Marvin and Lily? For Marvin, I would cast. Jeremy Swift. <laughs> the guy. Higgins from Ted Lasso. Oh, no way. <laughs> um, okay. I don't know, man. I feel like I'm, I'm, I, I'm breaking on this question. I say you leave it. Uh, so take this part out, if anything. Okay. Leave the whole thing, because it's fine. That's very yeah, yeah, real. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, okay. I thought you were going to be like Miles Teller. I take mine. <laughs> you dick. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Um. So I'm picking, you know, actually, actually, you know who I really would cast for this, uh, for the guy. I'm going to find his name real quick, quicker than you. Uh, yep. Nicholas Braun as Marvin. You're Nicholas Braun. He's succession. He's from. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, you know what I'm talking about? The, is he the tall guy? Yeah. Like, uh, what's his name? What's uh, his cousin Greg? Or yeah. Whatever? Greg. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, uh, yeah uh, maybe, uh, you could, uh, hire me for, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, ex- yes, exactly that. Yeah, I find him really like because he's being cute with the rose. I see him being yeah, bumbling and sure. she like and, and she have like, a little mustache. You know, and then seeing him grow up, yeah, and become an older Nicholas Braun would be kind of cool to see. Taller and taller. 
<laughs> That's age, right? You get taller as you grow older. Um. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, um. Hey, 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 Uncle Logan. Uh. Uh, and then for the woman, for for Lily, um, I gotta find her name real quick too. I, um, I know what movie she's in, so I'm gonna do this. Olivia Cook. Hmm. I like her. Hmm. I think she brings a lot to this role. Oh yeah, sure. And then you age them as you go, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so those are my two: N- Nicholas Braun and Olivia Cook. You know what? I want to change mine to Donald Glover and Maya Erskine. Ooh. Yeah, I want Ooh. them to do it. I'd watch. I would watch the shit out of that. Yeah. That's that way. Keep, that one keep in my original pick, just so you all can know how weird and swampy my brain. Oh my is. god, I would watch that so hard, man. But yeah. Uh, Bring it on. All right. Well, I mean, it's unfair because you got two, so that's unfair. But it's okay. Okay, you can pick one. No, more. I don't want more. I'm just saying, like, you got a, you got the best pick. Yours wins, but it's only because because I got to edit it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I you, I would watch yours more than mine. I, although I do love Nicholas Braun and Olivia Cook. Um, cool. So that's our recap, uh, <laughs> uh, and that's our episode. That's it. Thanks for listening. See y'all next time. Peace. The Blue Sky Podcast is produced by Adil Shamsi and John O'Hunter, edited by Justin Stevenson, and this voiceover recorded by Kevin Brown. If you have an idea for a prompt, email us at thebluskypodcast at gmail.com or DM us at thebluskypodcast on Instagram.